Hi campers, it's Katie. So I love vintage marathon t-shirts and last year I designed one as if we were hosting a 10K, a Halloween 10K at camp, uh, the Pumpkin Pond Fun Run. And the shirt was really successful and I love mine. I wear it so much. So I decided it would be a cool idea to make one for this year and maybe every year. So I just did the new design for Halloween 2022, the Pumpkin Pond Run. Uh, the new design is up on TeePublic right now. So click the link down below or you can go to tpublic.com slash scary stories from Camp Roanoke and find it. It's 80s inspired this year and it's four runners with pumpkin heads running in the, the starry night here at camp. I hope you guys love it. I worked really hard to design it and I'm definitely going to get one and I'm excited to start the collection. All right, that's all. I'll be tuning back in when we release more and more new designs, but I just wanted to make sure you guys get this one in time for Halloween. Listening to scary stories from Camp Roanoke, the podcast yeah. and the spiritual Halloween, not spirit mm. Halloween, spiritual mm. Halloween, as in we spiritually connect to the vibes of Halloween all year round as part of our practice. They have asked us to be very clear about that distinction. <laughs> <laughs> not in any way affiliated with the spirit Halloween conglomerate. If you were a Halloween candy, which would you be? Me? You, Morgan, not not our silent partner. <laughs> not Terry? No, no, don't talk, Terry. Terry never gets a say. Keep No, don't turn on her <laughs> mic. I would probably be one of those candy corn flavored little pumpkins. Oh. I have a tattoo of. We talked about that. Yeah, recently. they're practically made of wax, but they, they are, are edible. <laughs> they're too much. You got to like take little nibbles for it to be tolerable. It is, but they've got a nice texture to them. They do. Kinda... They're fun to... Like toss in your hand like an old gangster with a coin. Yeah. I like it. Or just like shake around and occasionally pop into your mouth like an old man with peanuts. Yeah, those pumpkins are <laughs> real good. They really get the day started. Really good vibes there. What about you? Mm, I feel like... Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. I want to be one of those like one inch by 1.5 inch boxes of nerds oh you know what i'm talking yeah. about literally yeah. you, they like taste of cardboard and you have to like open them and then just like shake this card and it's so hard to open them so you get it wet sometimes trying to pour it into your mouth because you gotta like really get in there so you can get some Which... some roughage and some fiber in there so you can sort of break For, up like what a sprinkle of nerd. <laughs> mm, there's like four <laughs> nerds inside. It's mostly box, but it is like a really somehow. small box. Mm, and that's I like that. really cool. It's really not about tasting good. <laughs> no. It's just about the fact that you get to have it's as there. much candy as you want. It's free. And, it's, and people just give it to you. And wow, yeah. can you think of a more generous holiday? Don't. I you, won't even give you... A yeah. chance to think of it because there is no, one. There's, there's not. Nope. There's no such. There's no other gift don't giving think, holiday. Don't think. Okay. <laughs> so, 
So, I am going to be reading from a book that I got on my recent trip north. I did not go to Transylvania or even no. Pennsylvania, but even further north to Haunted Maine. Ooh. Hell yeah. Now, Morgan is moving to Maine, so this mm-hmm. is basically a how to guide of how to fit in mm-hmm. with the locals. The book is called Haunted Maine by Charles A. Stanfield Jr. And it's Ghosts and Strange Phenomena of the Pine Tree State. The theme that I'm grouping them along is witches and hell and also general weirdness. So this is called The Witch's Chowder Recipe. Oh, there you go. That makes me so happy. (laughs) People wonder why true New Englanders would never be caught dead eating Manhattan clam chowder. According to an obscure Mm -hmm. Maine legend, it is because they don't want to be found dead. Oh, because they would never be caught dead. Uh. (laughs) Really funny stuff. There is a curse on so-called Manhattan clam chowder, and it was put on Mm -hmm. there by a Maine witch. An ancestor of mine? We'll find out. This witch, the story goes, lived in Kennebunkport many years ago. Like most witches, Edith Tibbet was both a renowned cook and a staunch defender of old-time traditions. <laughs> Work. <laughs> I, I must say, this is one of the least discerning books spooky books I've ever read in the sense that they're like, maybe werewolves are true, maybe not. Probably yes. Like most werewolves, they love chili. Like, this book will say anything. Say anything. I love it. (sighs) Maine, like the rest of coastal New England, is is blessed with an abundance of clams. In colonial times, it was customary for every family to own a clam rake and go out on the nearest tidal flats at low tide and dig up the makings of a good chowder. I was born in the wrong time and place. <laughs> I want my family clam rake. I've, 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 I've raked a clam or two. It is, it's mm. a good time, a solitary time, but a good one. Every mm. man, woman, and child knew how to make clam chowder, and they all loved to eat it too. Even the <laughs> devil himself. Well, he's got to eat. It was claimed. Enjoyed a bowl of chowder on occasion. So much so that he would forego his evil tricks for a few hours <laughs> while he saved a bowl. Wait, do you like clam chowder? I love clam chowder. Lovely. It's great. I mean, Me it's too. mostly just heavy cream. You, if you took yeah. basically all of the components out of it, it would still be good. Mm-hmm. Can't really go wrong there. Mm-mm. Auntie Edith, as she was known, was a good witch, one that used her powers more to help than to harass. Hell yeah. She was especially famous for her clam chowder. This chowder, <laughs> it was said, could make Satan himself smile. 
And sure enough, Satan did smile in contentment <laughs> when he dropped by Auntie Edith's house for dinner, which he did on autumn nights with a full moon. She is a witch and he is Satan. They have a relationship, an erotica relationship, <laughs> according to the old books. Is there any other kind of Satan relationship? Sure. There's an indebted relationship and a tormenting mm. relationship and sort so of a erotic to me. spunky, brotherly, rivalry relationship that he has with God. The devil is, by preference, a city boy, as cities are fertile ground for evil. So it is not surprising that... Can you tell this was written by a fucking Mainer? <laughs> cities are fertile ground for evil. So it is not surprising that he gets a bit nervous in the fresh air and clean living of the countryside Maine. Maine. It makes the devil nervous. Air so clean, the devil can't stand it. It is also not surprising that city life has given him a taste for Manhattan clam chowder. Mm. As all mm, true mm, New mm. Englanders know, it is sacrilege to immerse the bivalves in the tomato-based thin vegetable soup that Manhattanites mistakenly think Whoa. is chowder. The watery, acidic <laughs> brew is an affront to all right-thinking New Englanders, especially those who reside in Maine. <laughs> thinking to degrade new england cuisine and thus demoralize the population the devil suggested <laughs> to think that the devil's priority would be to demoralize the population of maine is truly hilarious and first of all it's never gonna happen mm -mm. what else could you possibly throw at mainers they're like chugging away <laughs> <laughs> amazing that the devil is so soup centric i would have never dreamed it's not a soup it's a chowder thinking to degrade new england cuisine and thus demoralize the population the devil suggested that auntie edith help popularize the manhattan technique for drowning innocent clams <laughs> The good witch immediately understood the devil's motive. The sharper flavor of tomatoes would mask the off taste of clams too long absent from salt water, making food poisoning a more likely threat. Oh my god. No doubt the devil would be entertained by the sight of people bent double in agony after eating bad clams. The milder taste of a true New England chowder wouldn't disguise the taste or the aroma of a bad clam. You couldn't do it. <laughs> Simply can't be done. <laughs> this isn't a ghost story, but... <laughs> yes, it is, Morgan. And so, in an effort to thwart the devil's evil plans, Auntie Edith let it be known that she had placed a curse on Manhattan clam chowder, and those who defied tradition and defiled their tables with the foreign swill <laughs> would find their hair falling out, their stomachs upset, and their sex life non-existent. First of all, that just describes your average New Englander. Death would soon follow. To avoid this curse, abstain from that obnoxious Manhattan culinary offense and use Auntie Edith's own recipe. I'll tell you that now. One quart of clams shucked that day, quarter pound of salt pork, diced, six large potatoes, main, 
potatoes, of course. Of course. Two large onions, diced, quarter pound of butter, a quart of milk, a quart of cream, a clove of garlic Mm -hmm. whole, speared with a toothpick so it can be removed after cooking. You don't want garlic in your food. That would be horrific. Serve (laughs) with freshly crumbled crackers floating Mm -hmm. on top. Do Mm -hmm. not serve to the devil. (laughs) Because if you do... He'll keep coming back for more. (laughs) (laughs) I'm seeing so many business opportunities here. Number one. What a great t-shirt this would be. Number two. Which which aspect of the uh, would be the t-shirt? Uh, you'd have the recipe on the back. (gasps) Maybe like a cheeky devil somewhere. Maybe just like a witch vibe. Um, that could be a whole devil themed chowder exclusive restaurant. Mm. I need to make this recipe. Yeah. I'll have to send it to you. So this story is called The Preacher and the Cats from Hell. The little town of York Harbor has long been a fashionable resort. One reason for its justified reputation is its very wide beach, a rarity in rock-bound coastal Maine. Mm. The section, known as Long Beach, is one of the most attractive in the entire state. In such a sunny, carefree holiday location, one wouldn't expect to encounter the devil's minions. <gasps> the preacher... <sighs> The preacher at the little church in nearby York was approached by a very upset parishioner who was convinced that her house was haunted by an evil spirit. Could the preacher help by convincing the evil spirit to leave her in peace? Surely the power of good would defeat the forces of evil. The preacher could hardly refuse to confront this evil, so he agreed to spend a night alone in the house. He brought his Bible and settled down by the fire to read. He didn't have to wait very long. The first ghost was that of a man who was holding his severed head, from which blood was dripping. Are you going to stay until the devil comes? asked the ghost. The preacher shuddered and began praying aloud. The first ghost then evaporated like morning mist in bright sunlight. The preacher breathed a great sigh of relief and resumed reading his Bible. The next evil spirit appeared in the form of a wolf with glowing red eyes and blood dripping from its fangs. Are you going to stay to meet the Prince of Darkness? Growled the specter. Trembling now in fear, his hands hardly able to hold the good book, the preacher began reciting the Lord's Prayer. The wolf slunk away, his shadow seeming to pass right through the door. Next came a little black kitten. It rubbed against his leg, but sparks flew from its fur, and it sprang back when the preacher tried to touch it. A larger black cat then stalked into the room, hissing and growling at the preacher. Are you going to wait to meet the lord of the underworld? asked the cat. The preacher took a wooden cross from his pop- <laughs> took a wooden cross from his pocket and extended it towards the cat, which suddenly dissolved in flames, screaming. <gasps> <laughs> oh, the cat, not the not the crucifix. Uh, no, I think the cat just exploded in flames. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> 
Now there appeared a huge black panther. It snarled, showing long, sharp fangs glistening with blood. Razor-sharp claws were extended as it stalked the preacher. So, you stayed to meet Satan. It growled as it prepared to pounce. The preacher now began the most fervent, heartfelt prayer of his life. Recalling the biblical story of Daniel and the lion's den, he asked God to protect him as he had protected Daniel. The crouching panther screamed in pain as a silver arrow seemed to leap out of the preacher's Bible, (gasps) slicing into the beast's heart. The panther's body glowed like molten metal, and then it was gone. Oh, God. He reigns. (laughs) (laughs) The preacher fainted. Oh my god! And was discovered the next morning in a deep sleep, his hands clutching his Bible. What a fantastic nightmare I had, he said. At least, I pray it was a dream. He served his church long and honorably, but never again talked about the night he met the cats from hell. (laughs) The end. (laughs) That was incredible. (laughs) Where's the recipe? (laughs) You know, my, my accent has been sort of pretty like standard new england but what when when we went to we were in a a toy store up in this little coastal town (laughs) i swear the proprietor of the toy store and he was youngish like he was probably in his 30s was like yeah thank you for coming in like it was just so sing-song like i had never heard a mainer with so much uh huh. Like the melody. <laughs> it was a melody. <laughs> no, we're leaving our kid for the first five years with a main family. He's gonna he's gonna pick up the accent. We'll pick him up when he's got it. You know how people listen to like, <laughs> you know how people listen to like uh, Mozart in their womb. What you could do was uh, take the main <gasps> comedian Bob Marley's Bob Marley. CDs. <laughs> And just really infuse the womb with his dulcet tones. That's a great idea. I think that's That's a a really bad idea. And I think that might induce early labor. So, um, you know. Hey, everybody wins. Use at your own risk. (laughs) Okay. Haskell Island near Harpswell on Casco Bay is said to have been the scene of bewitched animals. First rats, then cats. Everyone knows that animals frequently behave differently in large groups than when they are alone. Mm -hmm. Similarly, people in mobs don't behave as they would individually. Witches also have companion animals called their familiars. And these animals have been bewitched to help the witches carry out their evil deeds. (laughs) These familiars are commissioned by the devil to protect the witch. You see how this book just like... It's all about the devil. It's There's no there's no alleged, there's no in, in folklore it is said. It's just like, witches have companion animals. They're called familiars. These familiars are appointed by the devil, the Christian devil. Very matter of fact. <laughs> Did you know the devil loves chowder? Did you know that rats in large groups behave strangely? <laughs> 
Morgan did know that. She's the Pied Piper at heart. And on the stage. She played the Pied Piper. She, I was robbed mm-hmm. of that role mm-hmm. because Morgan was typecast as a seductress. She's <laughs> <laughs> a thief of children. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a lowly narrator and she got to wear a rainbow shirt and play a little flute in the musical Rats. What a mess, we confess. This is something we would rather do without. Rats! Rats! It was fantastic, but we were panned by the critics. They weren't ready for us. Robbed, really. Hamilton really changed the game. We They would have loved us now. But, you know. So, many animals, even insects, have been accused of being witches' familiars. Oh, my God. What? You there, ladybug. Explain yourself. <laughs> Their lifespan is so short. Why would they bother? (sighs) But the most common animal henchmen are said to be cats, rats, and toads. Haskell Island has witnessed what amounted to occupying armies of first rats and then cats. Nearly two centuries ago, a lone lobsterman lived on the island. The little island was literally overrun by rats, which it is believed swam ashore from a sinking ship. The lobsterman, old John Humphrey, seemed unfazed by the rats that swarmed over the island. Quote, they just eat old bait from my bait barrel. He reassures friends, quote, they don't bother me. I'm a hundred percent that's true complete main attitude they don't give a fuck meanwhile like three rats are stacked on his head and like two are just like fighting with each other inside his linen shirt (laughs) he's being ratatouille as he speaks he's he's actively (laughs) cooking because a rat on his head is is forcing him to he's making the devil's chowder well they cook better than my marianne (laughs) i don't come to your island tell you to kill all your rats (laughs) happy (laughs) one day however fishermen from nearby harpswell noticed that no smoke was rising from was rising from humphrey's chimney nor could they see any activity around the old man's waterside shack Uh they rode out to investigate when they opened the door they were met by a squealing swarm of huge rats as they entered the cabin, they saw, to their horror, that John Humphrey had been reduced to a jumble of gnawed <sighs> bones on his bed. <laughs> the lobsterman had been eaten by an army of rats. <laughs> he was he was okay with them being there. <laughs> Something must have changed between them. Maybe an <sighs> argument. But this is certainly murder. Premeditated rat murder. Absolutely. In the first degree. (laughs) The people of Harpswell were determined to avenge John Humphrey. (laughs) They descended on Haskell Island armed with clubs and guns and exterminated the rodents. Or tried to. For visitors to the island that following year found rats again roaming everywhere. I brought all my guns and I couldn't kill all the rats. <laughs> That's life, isn't it? There's a lesson oh my in there. God. Actually, there is a lesson in there. You know, they found that the way to reduce a rat population is to reduce the in uh, to 
improve the conditions where rats usually accumulate. Oh, so if so you make back. societal conditions better and clean up cities and make cities more sanitary and uh, efficient, you reduce a rat population. Huh. But obviously that's not what they did. And no. also this is just like an island of nature with too many rats. Yeah. Maybe so give like them a what boat are you going to clean up? Sail off into. I don't know. Rat boat. Maybe they just cut their losses and say we've got other islands. Yeah. That Burn one it. is the Rat Island. <laughs> they own it now. Haskell Island was avoided by people due to its bad reputation. Until, that is, two brothers from the mainland decided to take <gasps> back this island from the rats. Yes, get it! Wallace and Bruce Mills set up a lobstering enterprise on Haskell, bringing with them a dozen of the biggest, meanest alley cats they could find. <laughs> <gasps> A war was on. At first, it was an uphill battle for the aggressive felines, but the cats prevailed. Soon, not a rat was to be seen. The cats multiplied. But the Mills brothers never succeeded in giving away kittens, as this island race of cats were never cute or cuddly. They were born hostile, aggressive, and hungry. Hungry for blood, and hungry for rats. (laughs) After the rats were all dispatched, the cats moved on to the birds. Songbirds disappeared. Even seagulls, normally the fearless bandits of the shoreline, learned not to land on Haskell Island. Because they would be bitten in the neck out of the air by these horrific cats. The Mills brothers began spending more time catching fish to feed the ever-larger cat population than they did attending to their lobster pots. Well, that's a problem. That right there's your problem. That just gets they're, in the way of business. They're feeding the cats. <laughs> <laughs> if strangers attempted to land on the island, they were frightened off by a yowling mob of hyperactive cats, teeth bared and claws flared. Eventually, other fishermen noticed that the Mills brothers had not been seen. Oh no! Weeks. Oh no! <laughs> They've gone native. They just find them like <laughs> pretending to be cats and eating birds. No one was foolhardy enough to land amidst the pack of enraged, hungry, oh, half wild no. cats. Finally, somebody ventured close enough to Haskell to toss ashore some poisoned fish. <gasps> Scores of cats' carcasses soon littered the shore. A feast for the seagulls who returned to reclaim Haskell. Do seagulls eat, like, are seagulls carnivores? (laughs) I I know they steal sandwiches. They eat fish. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They eat fish. It was decades before anyone was brave enough to settle once more on Haskell Island. (laughs) It's just littered with the skeletons of... Rats, cats, and people. Uh, There are no rats on Haskell Island to this day, nor are there any cats. Did rats and cats there once revert to more primitive, violently aggressive way of life because they were more isolated on a small island? Or was Haskell Island cursed? There's no need to look into it because this book loves either option. Wait, so the witch familiars. Yeah. Are these witch familiars or are they just like sometimes cats and rats? You know, yes. 
Thank you for I'm asking. Sold. Any I love other questions? <laughs> <laughs> Could I visit this island? Oh, it's been decades, bud. And the spookiest part is there's no evidence that it ever <laughs> happened, which is the scariest part of all. They hid the bones. It's a conspiracy. I really, um, I don't know. <laughs> Big Maine does not want you to know the truth. Let's listen to a classic ghost story. Just to break up all the rat witch talk. How do the living deal with ghosts? This is the first line of the story, making the ghost whole again. Ghosts can make life unpleasant, indeed almost unbearable. Mm. A haunted house is no joke, not even a lighthearted podcast. <laughs> but how does one pers persuade the ghost to give up its haunts and move on? There is a legend about how a ghost was persuaded to leave the house that was haunted in Falmouth and return to its grave. A grave that was 3,000 miles away across the Atlantic. Just why would the ghost of an English sailor whose body lay in a churchyard back in England haunt a house in Falmouth, Maine? The story of the one-legged ghost of Falmouth begins with... An act of British treachery and vandalism, as so many wonderful <laughs> stories do. I am talking, of course, about the early days of America's struggle for independence. Mm. A British sea captain happened to be in the town of Falmouth when anti-British riots broke out. Captain Henry Mowat, commanding his majesty's ship Canso, was arrested and accused of spying on the American rebels. Mowat denied spying and successfully argued for his release on parole, promising to return for trial when requested. I double-double pinky promise. <laughs> he returned all right, but not by request. He returned with a small fleet and rewarded the townspeople for their leniency and trust by ordering the citizens to abandon their town. Mm. He was about to destroy Falmouth by cannon fire. The people fled, and Mowat's fleet opened fire, destroying 414 buildings, leveling the town. Jesus. Amazingly, no Americans were killed. When a group of British sailors landed to survey the damage, though, irate patriots opened fire from the ruins. Release the rats! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to fight, do ya? You ever seen a Haskell Island <laughs> cat or a rat? Flinging hot chowder. Pick your bones clean. <laughs> We've got the devil on our side. <laughs> One sailor, Henry Reed, the future ghost. <laughs> fucking deranged way to describe someone. Oh, uh, I guess we could all be called if that. Only. Yeah. Took a bullet in the leg. The ship's surgeon amputated the badly damaged leg on the spot to save Reed's life. The leg was tossed into a hastily dug hole near the water's edge as the British retreated back to their ships. In the course of time, a house was unknowingly built over the location of the abandoned limb. When Henry Reed died, back in England, years later, the trouble began. The apparition of a one-legged man hobbling along on a crude wooden peg began to haunt the house. 
The occupants heard the thud of his peg leg on the stairs and across the floors late at night. Doors and windows opened and closed at random. In the morning, it could be seen that heavy furniture had been moved across the room. The nightly appearances by the ghost began to include loud laments. Quote, My leg! I must have my leg! Mourned the ghost. How rude! My leg! Where is my leg? Unnerved, the house's owners moved out, then tried to rent the house to others. No tenants survived more than a few nights. The mm. owners were persuaded to hire a local medium to hold a seance in the haunt, haunt, haunted house. In the haunted house. <laughs> Maybe the ghost would give its reasons for the haunting. Perhaps. My it, leg. <laughs> I would like my leg. <laughs> it could be persuaded to leave. Sure it enough. It could mean anything. The ghost communicated with... <laughs> do you want we don't understand <laughs> the medium's like you know what you should do tell the ghost you know we are sharing space and i am okay with you being here and if you wanted to just give a little offering and say you know hello like we are here together i think that could really just like meanwhile my leg give me my leg is just where's like my limb echoing through the house sure enough the ghost communicated with the living during the seance mm. it sought only <laughs> you guessed it to retrieve the, <laughs> the long missing leg so that its ghostly form would once again be whole only oh then could the spirit rest in peace <laughs> oh my god I'm not peg legging through hell you guys give me my fuck <laughs> the house's oh owner agreed to help dig up the cellar floor to locate the remnants of the severed leg. The ghost, a greenish, glowing, fog-like image, hovered oh. near the floor. Hovered near as the floor was dug up. Oh. Well, no, put your back into it, I say. I've commanded many troops in my many years and I've now seen a lazier digger. Come now, come now. You've got to get a, leg. a large spot. My leg. Do you understand my leg? It's missing. That's not my leg. I believe if you were missing a limb, you were. Yes. Well, now you're doing it. Wonderful. Yes. Oh, there's clay. How interesting. You could use that for pottery. Marvelous. <laughs> Whose leg is that? Well, that's not mine. <laughs> How do I know? It's my. I recognize it. Keep it's digging. <laughs> They're getting pelted with this peg leg. Oh my god. I really love this character I've invented for this yeah. person. <laughs> There's no hint in this book that he was even vaguely like this, but British was all we needed. He is yelling a lot about his leg. That's true. That's really annoying. <laughs> the ghost, a greenish, glowing, fog like image, hovered near as the floor was dug up. Finally, the shovel unearthed a few bones. Frozen in fear, the speechless homeowner watched as the phosphorescent image of the amputated leg, freed from its grave, rose up and merged with the ghost of its owner. Like a fog evaporating in the morning sun, the ghost disappeared. Never like a mother reuniting with her child. Like the dew on a flower disappearing 
in the afternoon breeze. He walked off hand and foot with his <laughs> beloved leg. <laughs> they shook hands like old friends. <laughs> This is like the vibes of um, of at the end of Casper 1995 when like the mom shows up, like the ghost of the mother shows up. I think I'll play that music here. Like a fog evaporating in the morning sun, the ghost disappeared, never to be seen or heard from again. At least mm. not in Falmouth. He may have <gasps> made his way back to Merry England and is like, I believe I had a sword. Where is my sword? <laughs> he's just haunting every place he's ever been and lost something. He's got like a forlorn wife looking for him. <laughs> now to Barbados, where I lost my trusty coat. <laughs> Now these people have bones to deal with. They have to Who turn them call? over to police. Oh. Yeah. Bones are always police business until they are an archaeologist's business. Tell their rat business. And I know you miss talking about witches. I do. Because they're very real in exactly the way you think they're real. This story is called Using Witchcraft Against a Witch. (gasps) There are good witches and there are bad witches, period. (laughs) This we know for a fact. (laughs) This cannot be disputed by modern science. For the record, witches are real, but Mm -hmm. not witches... Like maybe this. not the mainer, <laughs> the author of this book's witch. Not ideal. like the seventeenth-century Protestant conception of witches. He watched Hocus Pocus. Some witches use their knowledge of spells and potions and incantations to help people, and others use their secret powers for evil. Okay. Especially <laughs> evil are those witches who, like old Mrs. Hicks, who once lived in Jonesport, use the threat of witchcraft to extort things from their neighbors. <laughs> they tell a good story about how a nice Christian lady managed to turn witchcraft back on the notorious witch, Mrs. Hicks. Mm. Of course, whether you believe this story depends on how you feel about witches and rich- witchcraft. There's an old saying in Maine that where folks believe in witches, witches are. But where they don't believe, there ain't no witches there. (laughs) Make of that what you will. But it is a fact. But witches are in fact true and real. (laughs) Believe what you want, but this is the truth. (laughs) A lot of Maine folks believe, so witches must be there. Among the believers was Peggy Beale, a fine church-going lady. Peggy didn't want to believe in witches, but an acquaintance living in Jonesport, a short ferry ride from Beale's Island where Peggy lived, seemed to possess supernatural powers. Mrs. Hicks, it seemed, always wanted to borrow something from Peggy, and these borrowed items never were returned. (gasps) A 
bad neighbor. <laughs> if Peggy refused to loan the item sought by Mrs. Hicks, it disappeared. She took it anyway. Old Mrs. Hicks always made her requests for a loan in person. If refused, she would stare at the victim with the evil eye, striking fear in those who refused her. She didn't experience many refusals. I'm sure you understand why. The eye! One day, Mrs. Hicks demanded of Peggy the loan of a whole sheep. Oh my god. Peggy was not poor, but a whole sheep? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> this was just too much. <laughs> what average person could function without a, <laughs> without all their sheep? No, was the answer, sure enough. <laughs> the next day the sheep was found dead of <gasps> no apparent cause. <gasps> it was delicious, but at what cost? A sailor from Salem, where everyone believed in witchcraft. <laughs> oh my god, listen to this. It says, a sailor from Salem, where everyone believed in witchcraft, and for good reason, are... <laughs> Do you think those witches were real? They're famously not. That's the whole thing about how we get the phrase, a witch hunt. Because they're famously innocent. <laughs> No, you're apparently wrong. Why would they burn them if they weren't witches? Well, I'll tell you why. Because they didn't, they were hung. <laughs> a sailor from Salem, where everyone believed in witchcraft, and for good reason, uh, gave Peggy mm. some sage advice. Build a hot fire, he directed, and scorch the wool all over the sheep while reciting your favorite passage from the Bible. Then, Mrs. Hicks will thrice demand something of you. You must refuse each time. Offering instead to lend her your Bible. Peggy followed the instructions exactly. One day later came the news that old Mrs. Hicks was dead. <gasps> Murder. Folks on Beale's Island still pat the gravestone of Peggy Beale just for luck, in case there really is such a thing as witches. Do you believe? If you do. <laughs> then they really are there. Period. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. I I'm just so happy. I'm just so happy. What a find. Well done. Thank you. I learned a lot today. I think I got dumber. <laughs> That's part of education. <laughs> it's part of our kind of education. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, witches are real, Manhattan clam chowder is poison, and the devil himself <laughs> prefers the white. Avoid <sighs> Rat Island. And have you're a, cat. a spooky night. <laughs> Filled with restless dream of haunted. My leg! <laughs> My leg! My leg! <laughs> Thanks. Oh my god. <laughs> Woo! Don't tell no, any Don't tell any Mainers we recorded this. <laughs> <laughs> Leave my family out of this. <laughs> um, let's make sure this doesn't get to the East Coast. Okay, love you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I would like my leg. <laughs>